the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I have to tell you, the realization of what we're facing in America's dark ages, the age of cowardice, it's hard. It's hard to focus on uh, the optimistic solutions to it, because what I understand and what I realize and what I warned against was that in the event the American populace was dumb enough to put this failure, this fraud, this political whore in office, it would embolden the rest of the Democrat mafias around the country. I also realized a long time ago. The American Democrat, the pseudo-socialist, is a coward that hides behind phony, phony virtue and phony compassion to justify its insatiable greed of those mafia members in government. And the power structure that they desire so much, that they admire, how they want to re-implement Sovietism, they love the Cuban tyrants and the Venezuelan dictators. Because what they understand is all they need to do is con enough people and they can implement a demand for it. A mobocracy, which is what they're always seeking, is a mobocracy. And that the American way of life was protected by these tyrants, these, these would-be tyrants. It's unconstitutional for America to be put under these constraints and this demand. It's, it's unconstitutional for government officials to shut down your business and to tell you how to live. But here we are. In the year 2021, when America is now broken and we are in a shambles. And these mafia little local districts are emboldened by what they see on a national level. Because they are convinced that the American people want to be slaves to their fascistic dictate. There's no other way to say it. So I know that the news I'm going to get, minute to minute, day to day, is not going to be good for the most part. There will be bright spots and hopefully we can mount up a defense, but it's not going to come from Illinois, certainly not going to come from Chicago, and it's absolutely not going to come from Cook County. So one of the benefits of this job is that I am wired into news, wired in all over. I have an app uh, that I really like. I go to it often. And it's called Newsbreak. And Newsbreak grabs, you can punch in little areas you like, and it constantly gives you information. So I got one, and I, I get a lot of Chicago stuff. A lot, a lot of Chicago stuff. And it's always terrible. And when you look at the headlines, just terrible. This one from the Chicago Wire, City Wire, I actually thought was an onion story. I actually thought in the year 2021, it was not going to, it, it, this could not be real. And in fact, I verified it. 
And then I made some phone calls. I called a bunch of people. I called some lawyers, called my very good friend, David Hochberg. And I said, if this was practiced, what Tony Prockwinkle, who not only, I think of my grandmother every time I say her name, because she used to say to me, beauty is skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. Boy, does that encompass these Democrats? So as you look at Tony Prock, watch, look, avert your eyes. She's an ugly person outside and inside. Outside and inside. Now, looks aren't everything, but they are an indicator. Sorry, I just feel that way. Only an ugly human being, ugly, could be an open racist, which I think is the, is the lowest of all character flaws. In fact, it's only really embraced by absolute morons. By absolute morons who would think of whole people based on the way their skin tone is and make these radical, radical assumptions. In fact, that's something that every member of my family since I was a young child, I don't, I don't have a racist family member. I don't. And I don't care what anybody thinks of people from Melrose Park or the rest of it. You can't indict strangers. At least you shouldn't be able to in America. But this is a new America. And in this America, an elected bureaucrat, a political whore her entire life, that's all she is, is a sycophant to the Democrat mafia, has released new rules, racial equity. Preckwinkel announces mandated re-education curriculum for Chicago or for Cook County employees. It starts out with new and it takes all of them. And it's Racial Equity 101, Racial Equity 102. And when you read this, the opening line, now this is, you can find this, this Chicago City Wire. It was actually released this morning. White Cook County employees will be required to acknowledge they are racist, that they behave in a biased way towards blacks, and are responsible for blacks having lower average incomes than whites. According to the board president, Tony Preckwinkle, the new mandated racial equity curriculum obtained by Chicago Wire models a plan, a structured plan for re-education based on their invisible bias that they must first acknowledge. Now, this is America and this is our government, which is supposed to insist that there be no racism in this country, not only. Are they now mandating racism? And it is racist. Whether it's pointed at black people, at Asian people, at white people. This is an absolute and total outrage. And it should be. She should be seized from her position. Now, I was going to waste my day today. I was going to call my own little Cook County commissioner. Parallel parking champion of the Forest Preserve with the divot on his head, Pete Silvestri. But I said, come on, Pete. You're useless. If you're not in on the scam, you're absolutely useless. But every Cook County commissioner out there should demand that this woman be immediately removed. Here's some of the ideas that will go into this. All employees will be required to take Racial Equity 101 and Racial Equity 102. They will be instructed of how to mitigate their own racial bias after they are admitting That they have a racial bias. This is only for the white people, by the way. This is only white employees that have to take this, not black. And by the way, my favorite part is the way it's ended. Funded by taxpayers. Oh, so you're going to pay for all this. The curriculum is part of Preckwinkle's new push for racial equality into government. Part of the new policy, she announces via executive order on September 7th. It took effect on September 13th. If the Chicago Wire doesn't get this out, 
I don't. I didn't see this. I watch a lot of news. I didn't see it on ABC or NBC. I didn't see it on any, anything. The policy requires mandatory equity and inclusion training for all Cook County employees, including equity uh, foundational learning and annual learning plans. This is an ongoing, continuing ed that you will be forced to take twice a year. Preckwinkle's policy on racial equi- equity calls for favoring black employees and contractors over white ones in pursuit of equity of outcome by racial groups. This is in the writing of the law of the executive mandate. This is racism. She is the president of Cook County. She should be removed from office today. Now, if Pete can get his hair on straight and his big fat derriere out of the forest preserve, maybe he can do something. And the rest of the Cook County, what are they called? Commissioners? Commissioners. They're cohorts is what they are. This is an outrage that this isn't in the news. This has been in the plan for three weeks. This is the law of Cook County. It is, it is astonishing to me. She is calling for promotions, for increases, for specific hiring based on race. Preckwinkle ordered department heads to develop goals for advancing black employees over white ones by December 13th. They will be evaluated by how many more blacks they promote and how many minority contractors they hire. This is right out of the Ku Klux Klan. If they had a handbook, those inbred morons, Tony Preckwinkle would be the new grand wizard. Are you listening to this? Preckwinkle argues discrimination against whites is necessary to counter differences in income in Cook County between whites and black residents. This is a result of public policy that lead to partnerships of exclusion and have prevented black residents from full inclusion. Racial equality is essential for national, regional, and local prosperity, her policies say. Can you believe this? Can anybody, can anybody believe this? I personally can't believe it. I can't believe it. It is something that is so surreal. It is something that you would have found in the paperwork if the Nazis wouldn't have destroyed the bulk of their propaganda and their mission statements. This is right out of the Nazi handbook. This is right out of the Ku Klux Klan playbook. This is a violation where a public official should be removed from office post-haste. It is disgusting. Equity, uh, what is this here? undermines those more traditional understandings of equality because the end is the eradication of group disparities in favor of equal outcomes requires profoundly illiberal means that government and public policy deliberately favor groups over others, wrote Bradley Gitz, a columnist at the University of Illinois Political Science PhD. He's a PhD! This is the problem when you have a technocracy where the pseudo-intellectual, self-described intellects are now justifying racism in order to correct some racism, that they are indicting an entire group of people. If you are a white employee at Cook County, in Cook County government, you should call lawyers post-haste. Tony Preckwinkle needs to be removed for office. This is the year 2021. We have a government official not only advocating for open and notorious racism, but making it an executive order. This is now the law of Cook County. And what do you think this plays out for the future of Cook County? I'm wondering, how does this work for the future of Cook County? What about the actual property owners, like myself, who happen to be white? We're paying for this racism. 
for this hatred, for this open corruption. I mean, we've always known that the bulk of these foot soldiers to the mafia were connected in one form or another. But now what they're telling you is this is the way of the land. And they think the South was the problem. They think the South was the problem with their racism and their slavery. And they're going to correct it here in the North by doing what? Implementing the same damn thing, you stupid son of dogs. It's a travesty. It should be leading every news, not just local, national. This is national news because this is a president of a county demanding racism. And it's an outright disgrace. But are you really that shocked in this mafia-run corrupt hellhole? Lines are so packed, I don't think my guy McFuck could get him up on the board fast enough. And you should, you should be that outraged. This should enrage you, especially if you've lived your life the American way. If you were raised by people with an IQ over 60 who insisted you not view people through a racial lens. That's how you should have been raised. And the idea of the evilness in indicting an entire race of people built on your own hatred, like Preckwinkle. She's indicting all white people who have worked for Cook County for who knows how long. How about the police officers that go out of their way, that go out of their way to not look at people through a racial lens? How about the healthcare workers in Cook County that go out of their way to not look at people through a racial lens? Yet here we are. Here we are, where racism now is mandated, mandated by a Cook County president. It's despicable. Bill, thanks for calling the show. Hi, Bill. Yeah. How you doing? I wanted, uh, well, I wanted to say that uh, uh, all cops are getting that treatment. Uh, Chicago is being told they have to go to training. Uh, Chicago cops are being told they have to go to training where they're being forced to hear, being berated that it's all their fault as to why society hates cops. They brought it on themselves through all the generations, and it's only them that can take that uh, st- that uh, stigma off of them. Nobody else is at fault. Nobody else can do it but them. You know what's funny? My family, I have half my family that immigrated here after 1900. The other half came over on the Mayflower as bartenders. The half that's been here since the beginning actually fought their entire existence, their whole my whole lineage, against racism. In fact, I have some prominent people who fought for the Union Army. Yet this this moron, this this moron, who, by the way, I don't have a relative as ugly as Preckwinkle outside. I don't have one as ugly as Preckwinkle inside. She gets to indict everybody? And, 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 and what she's doing to you? I have to say something to you. First of all, I love the idea that people go and they, they try to be the, the sheepdogs among the sheep here. And I love the idea, the mentality that most cops are wonderful people who want to do the right thing. At this particular junction, it is not worth it for you to risk your life for these people. I'm sorry, Bill. I know it's a good job and it's a good pension. But if you were my son, I would say get the hell out of here and don't ever think about doing what you're doing. Because you, unfortunately, are wrong no matter what you do under these circumstances, under this kind of political leadership. Thank you very much, Bill, for the call and stay safe. Here's the other idea. What they want to do is stoke this hatred. Because the last thing they could afford is the people who are imprisoned by their policies and forced to live in the ghettos they create actually look at things objectively and with reason and logic. They need to keep this hatred going. They need to stoke the flames of racism because, God forbid, a group of people look and see exactly 
Who's the real racist are the people who promote these policies. Tony Prockwinkle is a racist pig. End of story. And the idea she has this power is a travesty of every American principle and law. Did you know you cannot hold one license in the professional world if this is your belief? Not one. And I don't care how mediocre it is. You couldn't become a real estate agent if this is it. You couldn't become a loan officer. You couldn't become anything that requires a license from government. If you thought like Tony Prockwinkle's last executive order, this lowlife piece of garbage, I don't care what race she is or if she looks like a man or a woman, this is an outrage. And by the way, she looks like a man. All right. Mary Ellen, Northwest Side. Hi, Mary Ellen. Hi, hi there, um, Sean. I just think that this is uh, fascism. They thought that they got it going with uh, critical race theory with the kids in the school, but then a lot of the parents have been protesting, so now she figures, oh, well, we'll just indoctrinate the parents now of the kids. And just think they, they can get away with it. Here's the thing, Mary Ellen. They're not supposed to be able to. This, this, this is anti-America. This is anti-Americanism. This is anti-law. This law means nothing. And until the people demand she be removed, this kind of fascism will exist because their philosophy, regardless of where it's placed, economic, social, government, whatever, it cannot exist without force. This is an abuse of power. It is the definition of an abuse of office. But hey, what's gonna, who's going to arrest her? The Cook County Democrat judges? Are they going to say this is unconstitutional? They think the same way. That's why they are the Fourth Reich. These are Nazis. These are fascists. These are people who feel, feel very comfortable abusing power. That's why they seek it. And this ugly human being should be removed from office post-haste. Actually, in the article, some groups are going to have to be given superior status to others. And discrimination is going to have to be practiced by the state. Are you out of your fracking mind? One's status before the law and possession of rights will therefore and inevitably be made contingent upon one's race and ethnicity. (laughs) This is by this Bradley Gitz columnist in University of Illinois Political Science, Ph.D. And this is who you want to turn the country over? These fascist demagogue rats, self-described intellectuals. Makes you upset. It would make me upset if they were talking about favoring my race too, scumbags. Unlike you, I'm not a racist. It's really, it's really atrocious. I hate those stories. All my life, I lived the, the opposite of that. My family, all their lives. My father in the, fit, in the early 60s as a Marine. Drove home from California, the Marine Corps base, with his two best friends. One in St. Louis and the other one in Atlanta. One of them being black. You know what they faced back then? He, my, my father didn't give a rip one iota. That's how we were raised. Fist, he got in 30 fist fights just because somebody would look at them the wrong way. Raised our whole lives in contradiction of this kind of absurdity. Now this is the law in Cook County? You low-life piece of garbage. This is what it's like. You know, it must just be frustration. Every morning, she's got to brush those teeth, look at that thing she calls a face. Pillow in her toilet seat have the same view. Ugly little... Kira Elgin. 
Sean, I had to pull over when you read that story because I was hyperventilating as a Chicago. I couldn't. And I couldn't get through it. I, I, I couldn't get through it. So, is that real? Is there? Is it a real story? I'm almost not believing it. I, I, I Chicago story. Wire this morning. Chicago Wire. It can be I, found at the ChicagoWire.com. This is uh, this is astonishing to me. It's astonishing. I called. You know, I, I I have a lot of friends who are professional people. I called lawyers. I said each one of them, two or one of them, said you can't. This is this is absolutely outrageous. This is against the law. Then I called Hockberg. You you couldn't get a license if 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 as a professional you issued an email to your workers and you said, by the way, if uh, someone is looking for a house, this is the this is the, the t- I want you to favor white people. Can you imagine? You would be out of business by the close of business that day. And you should be, by the way. This is a government law. This is the law. She is the president of Cook County. And all of those fat, useless scumbags, even the ones that are pretend lawyers who only negotiate the advertising for the CTA or work for Gold Rush Gaming, they sit there and they step and fetch. See, that, that, that's what a Democrat is. Step and fetch. They can't think for themselves because they want in on this scam. Could you imagine? Sure, they're quiet. Could you imagine? Now you're going to direct everything to one specific race. This is this is this is a hundred years ago in Germany. This is Nazism. This is outrageousness, and she should be arrested today. Kira, please be careful pulling back into traffic. After all, there's a lot of Democrats on the roads of Chicago, which means morons. So put your signal on, roll the window down, and wave. And if it's a Prius, stay away from it. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Terry Rogers Park. Hey, uh, uh, we need to elect uh, politicians that care about yeah. uh, the welfare of all people, not just any particular oh, race. Oh, if only, Terry, you weren't 100 years too late. Thank you very much for the call, but ta-da, this is Cook County, and racism is not only welcomed and allowed, you get to pay double for it. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hi, Candace. Are you there? I've been listening. Can you hear me? Now I can. What are you doing? You're walking around. You're walking around by, by all those sorry, cows in Wisconsin. <laughs> the hell are you doing? Okay, so for the, I, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Um, so Steve Deese, I think, and you as well, have been two of the strongest uh, proponents, saying that you know the problem is with all of this is that we are being denied a fight. And I thought that was so interesting because I thought you know we are being denied a fight because. They're using this COVID-19 mandate as a litmus to get rid of all patriots. People don't realize that. They're like, people, I'm really getting upset, Sean, with people on conservative radio because they're getting down to the nitty gritty, which is not what this is all about. Can't they see that this is like, this is being used like, okay, well, um, like the Germans use the Jews. But that's what the mandate is now. That's what this COVID mandate is. And that's how they're getting rid of people and purging people from the military and from government. And you know what I mean? And well, so the, people all, don't really see in the force. This ide- but this ideology of government dictating government control is rooted in hate and force. It's simple. So it doesn't matter what time period you pick. You can go back to the Greeks if you want to. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. It's all the same. It is you can you can have your opinion as long as you gr- agree with me, and if you don't agree with me, well, too bad. You're going to do it anyway, and one that's other, you know it's, one other, it's outrageous. One other, okay, one other point. Um, I remember the movie Coma. Remember that movie from, from 1978, Michael Crichton? No, I didn't. I, I actually the, did not see it. But I'm oh, going, right. dude, dude, you yeah. you and Prof need to watch that. You need oh, to. What do you think? Me and Prof hang around, eat popcorn, and watch movies all day long. <laughs> 
what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But watch that movie because what they did in the movie was they would pit people to sleep and then they would uh, auction off their organs. Well, I'm not saying that's <laughs> happening, but they are um, pitting people into a, basically a coma with this ventilator and then they're putting on remdesivir, which has people a 54% are, well, fail rate. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Candace. I appreciate. We're not talking about COVID. Now stay on topic. It's like uh, ADD Radio is already what they name my show. I don't need my callers partaking in it. The reality is, people are afraid to combat this because you've been put in a in a corner where you're afraid to stick up for yourself in the event you must be you might be white. And this was always the plot. I have nothing to be ashamed for. You cannot indict me for crimes and and ideologies I do not have. So I am never intimidated by anybody who accuses me of something as stupid and as sophomoric as racism, especially when they practice it. Tony Preckwinkle is a racist. It's it. It's that simple. Racism can be practiced by any race. And this idea that somehow... It cannot be is only entertained by morons and by the, the self-loathing and by those people who carry a guilt because deep down they must have it. That's what an Oak Park liberal is. I always said, you know how you know somebody's racist? Have whatever minority you're of your choice bang on my door at three in the morning. I open the door and say, what's wrong? Every Oak Park communist sympathizing trust fund baby calls the police. That's the difference. It's in the very simple actions like that. And now you've got an entire group, an entire generation of people who are now intimidated and self-loathing because they were taught to. Taught to by who? Pseudo-intellectual, self-described intellectual frauds. Like the same kind of PhD that wrote about how, how, how virtuous it is to now implement from the position of government racism that we fought wars over. That we've killed each other for. White man against white man, I may add. And it was all told to us. I never forget it. I never forget. It's, it's, it's a curse. When they had the private school in New York City and the teacher capture the principal's conversation. Did you hear, ever hear this, Bunny? This is what they're teaching our, our children today. So that they will never push back against this kind of racism that's being practiced right now in Cook County by a black, I guess, woman. Let me ask you something, George, because I think those are I think there's something very different about having a single experience where you make sense of it, right? And having a teacher, an authority figure, talk to you endlessly every year telling you that because you have whiteness, you are associated with evils, all these different evils. These are moral evils. It's not the same as taking like a physical thing because it doesn't affect your 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 moral value. That's the problem. The The, the, the fact is that I'm agreeing with you that there has been a demonization that we need to get our hands around in the way in which people are doing this understanding. Okay, so you agree that we're demonizing kids? We're demonizing um, kid. We're, we're demonizing white people for being born. And, uh, and are some of our students no, white people? No. What? Are some of our students white people? Yes. Okay, so we're demonizing white. We're demonizing white kids. Why don't you just say it? We are, I, we are using language that makes them feel less than um, for nothing that they are personally responsible for. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the ugliest of them all? Democrats, especially the big 
hairy ones like Preckwinkle. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. Man, oh man, oh man. It's astonishing. I'm going back through my life, through high school, through my dear friends, through my friends today. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm white and they're not. Do they look at me like this? Is this how they looked at me? Do they look at me with the hatred that this this sophomoric fascist Fourth Reich member, Tony Prockwinkle, looks at white people and looks at her constituents? Ironically, the president of Cook County. And is there any justification for this kind of open and notorious hatred? Let alone that it is now in the rule of law. How is it a law? And who's going to come at it? Democrats? That's why it was funny when Terry called, oh, we're going to vote him out. Get the, What are you out of your mind? It's corrupt. There is no voting him out, especially in Cook County. What are you, crazy? Queen of Heaven is the base of the Democrat Party in Cook County. And now you're teaching this to kids? When I was a kid, this would never have been tolerated. And I don't care what race was promoting it. Never. But I lived in the best time in this country. Born in the 60s. Grew up 70s, 80s. It was the 90s when you realized what scum the Democrats were with that sidewinder, intern molester, Clinton, and the rest of that ilk. Then you watch this Chicago mafia just get built up. Just just rape the people and profit. Now they're in power and now they're promoting racism by law. Nick, Oak Park, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I'm irritated, Nick. Go ahead, though. You're going you're gonna to make it worse. I, I already am, know you I are. Am too. I, I am in Oak Park, and I'm not, you know, that far left, uh, you know, liberal. I know. I got a few of my friends there. I know. <laughs> okay. But what's interesting is the curriculum being taught here, I, I think, um, you know, since the BLM marches started happening after George Floyd, et cetera, it's just, it's like every week there's some kind of new curriculum, you know, anti-racism get the white supremacism built into the system. You know, we need to get this out of, out of our schools and blah, blah, blah. Well, in one case, my daughter comes home from school. She's, she's 10 years old. And she asks me, she's like, dad, are you, are you a racist? I was like, what? You know, so then she was telling me the curriculum. They're actually teaching her within the school system here. And I'm just like, well, were you told there's some kind of quiz I can take to say that I'm a racist because I'm white? And by the way, my daughter, she's, she's mixed, um, you know, Asian. So you don't have to justify it to me, brother. Yeah. She's your daughter. It's all that matters. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So it just sort of reminds me, I don't know if you recall, there was a story about a gentleman in New York had his daughter in this very expensive private school yeah. and how they were. That's teaching. what I, the clip I played. That's from uh, yeah, that school. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yes. tell you, I'll tell you, Nick, um, I've done a lot of things in my life that I'm proud of. I thought I did the right thing with my kids. I sent them to the best what, that I could afford um, Catholic school. The one thing I would do differently is raise my kid out of, outside the school system. It's a shame, especially when they're going to teach him this kind of hatred, this kind of self-loathingness and this idea that they come home yeah. and they ask their father this. Thank you, Nick, for the call. Stay strong in uh, Oak Park. Um, before I go. I was lucky because of the era I was born that I had mentioned. I got a lot to talk about. I can't believe how fast this hour went. But I was also lucky because when I 
was a kid, the, the intellectuals that we looked up to were people like Dr. Martin Luther King. Bonnie, play that clip for me. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That was an intellectual when I was a kid. Now, granted, he's half the man Tony Preckwinkle is by looks. However, that's an intellectual, and that's somebody who preaches an intellectual honesty of love for all men. And they, hey, he had a dream that his kids would live like that. Do you think he even thought that his grandkids would live under the kind of hatred that the American forthright Democrat insists, practices, and makes law? I don't think so. It's disgraceful. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This push really in the uh, late, like 2006, 2007, this was going to be the push against the organized mafia of Chicago-style Democrats. There was no question about it. And we saw it grab hold 2008 in the Obama administration. However, he never was as obvious as Prockwinkle, as obvious as the Chicago cohorts, these very, very sexually frustrated women who are in charge of things are uh, very comfortable in displaying their racism, whether it's Lori Lightfoot or if it's her taller counterpart, Tony Preckwinkle, the handsome Tony Preckwinkle. Not, even, not on any scale. Not on any scale. I just saw a Newsbreak uh, article that was talking about the Obama visit. They were talking about how meaningful Michelle Obama's necklaces were and all the rest of it. I said, really? Is that meaningful? Then you remember all of the press that they got to divert from some of the policies and failures of Chicago. And the climate that they've built, those policies have built in the way in which they've imprisoned their own supporters, their own race, how heartless they must be to continue to stoke these policies of clear failure and hopelessness. And then they were going to build their library, I guess, learning center. And you realize what what it's really going to be. What's it really going to be? So, Gene, on the line. Hi, Gene. Hi. You just stole my thunder. That's what I was going to They say. call that a segue. You could, have, you could have built upon it a little bit there, Gene. You didn't have to pull. You know, I mean, that's the complete ripcord you pulled on me. Just go with it. I gave I'm you the sorry. perfect lead-in. You could have said things like, well, this is why they decided to destroy the park and tear down the trees and build the center and then spend the I, $500 going to be brief. All right. Well, there so, you go. And let you run with it because you're so much better than I am. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. All right, we're going to go with that. It was brief. What was briefer than that? But you see, you see how the media diverts attention from what's the real crux of this agenda. This agenda is hatred. This agenda is force. This agenda is fascism. And what I like about the modern-day Democrats is they always have time for a little obvious corruption. Obvious corruption. So that leads me to my next story. 
See, me and Gene aren't the only ones that could segue. I could segue without Gene. Amtrak. Good old lunchbox Joe. Rode the train to and fro. Nobody thought anything of the contributions that were staggering, and nobody thought anything of the laws that Joe Biden supported that really bailed out that failed system of absolute and total corruption known as Amtrak. And in the infrastructure bill that everyone's going to eat very soon, there's a lot of more money for them. And they're really going to reap the reward of billions and billions and billions of dollars. Well, they were um, there was a, a derailment that happened just a few days ago. And go figure, train derails. People are in the little cars and they get shot around like it's a, a Lego set and they die. Well, thanks to political corruption, obvious political corruption, how many people knew this? Getting hurt on an Amtrak train means you may not get any money for your injuries. Our Charlie DeMar explains a new legal loophole. Now, I want to just tell you, their entire this entire phony company, which is a quasi just welfare company, they exist because of you. Your tax dollars prop up this failed worthless system which by the way in the age of germs and all the rest of it it's going to get more money and now the taxes will be increased on your cars on your gas there's going to be a uh, co2 tax and the only way you're going to circumvent it is by going on these rat trains which by the way the worst experience in your life is riding one of these death traps 911, where's your emergency? Hi, I just, I'm on an Amtrak train in Montana that just crashed. 141 passengers and 17 crew members were aboard this Amtrak train traveling from Chicago to Seattle. It derailed in rural Montana. Zach Schneider from Southwest Illinois, among the three people killed, he was traveling with his wife, Rebecca. Today, a lawsuit was filed on her behalf. It's fair to say that most passengers don't even know that they're agreeing to this when they buy a ticket? Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Sean Jeans Gale is with the national nonprofit, the Rail Passengers Association, serving as a voice for riders. In 2019, Amtrak quietly introduced a clause in the fine print when buying a ticket, which keeps any legal claims or disputes while on board, out of court, and away from the public eye. This will be a test case for this new arbitration policy. They should not be allowed to, to deny their passengers the right to have their day in court. Sure. Now, with all these investigative reporters, I'm watching CNN right now. They've got MSNBC. They got them all. This was carried to the goal line by Joe Biden. They used their political influence to have a held harmless clause, which means no matter what they do, you can go scratch. Did you die because of an Amtrak? Too bad. You have no recourse. Not even the slip and fall, step and fetch Democrat lawyers, the same ones that meet at the table of wisdom with Eddie Burke to steal tax auction property and prison ghetto people into slavery forever. Not even those scoundrels knew about this, or if they did, they just kept it quiet, which is probably what happened. So now anything that happens to you on an Amtrak train, this goes for women and rape. (gasps) What about that? No, you get nothing. Killed? You still get nothing. How could this possibly exist in the year 2021? Because they bribed the president, who is now the president of some people, and they had his son, the crackhead. You think during the meeting they could find him? You think they had time to put in his false teeth, scurry him through the little meeting? Hey, we got an idea. We want to run this past you. What do you think? Yeah, I can get my dad to do that. Or do you think they just simply wired him more money? 
and told him what was going to happen. I think it's B. I don't think that crackhead ever made a board meeting in his life. I think he sits on a lot of boards, though. I think his father was just given stacks to step and fetch and do whatever this corrupt company that would not exist if it wasn't for welfare that most of the people would not support if given a chance. On Driscoll and the Chicago law firm he works for previously won a nearly $60 million settlement Those days against Amtrak for passengers aboard the 2017 derailment in DuPont, Washington. And that's why they made certain it would never happen again. Because obviously, if you're on the train and some drunk or whatever the case is causes your death, they should pay. But they said that'll never happen again. So they went to their good old political whore, Uncle Joe, and his diapers with his lunchbox. And they made it so that all these people who die now, too bad for you. But that was before this new clause. Critics say the new policy was designed to protect Amtrak from those inflated payouts. No, that's not critics. Those are people that can reason. Those are people that don't buy the taglines. But those are the kind of people that the government hates. Those are the kind of people that normally don't vote for corruption. They normally resist it. Those are the kind of people who understand when you're passing these laws that we call representatives just shove down and put massive, massive things in these massive, massive laws, there's probably a, a problem for the people. There's probably an issue you're unaware of. There's probably a reason that these bills are thousands upon thousands of pages and you learn about this stuff after it's too late, like when your husband's killed or when your mother dies or if you get raped on an Amtrak, all of which... You can go whistle Dixie. <laughs> Ironically, Dixie. That's what Tony Preckwinkle must be singing out. Also hidden in the re- reconciliation bill, a retirement plan mandate. Ooh, how did we get this information? Well, it's thanks to Elizabeth Bauer, senior contributor at Forbes. She admits she's embarrassed about missing this. Well, how could she miss it? After all, this is a reporter who is getting tidbits of what's in this multi-thousand page bill. It turns out that what's hidden in the reconciliation bill is that employers with five or more employees will have to offer a retirement plan and automatically enroll employees, diverting 6% of their pay and matching, or no, I'm sorry, it's even worse, 10% that the employer has to pay. So 16% of your pay will go into a forced retirement plan. Now, can you, the employee, opt out of your contribution yeah so you don't have to contribute anything yet the company is going to have to still put in your retirement plan if your company has over five employees now i thought this is why they 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 force take the money for that ponzi scheme they call social security see here's the skinny ladies and gentlemen social security is a scam oh there's no money that's just a tax that they figured out how to make you just sit and suck your thumb in the idea you were going to get a retirement plan. When push comes to shove, they hope they never have to pay you, which is why they have tricks and schemes of how not to pay you and how to pay specific people like Tony Preckwinkle, for example. Now that we know government and Democrats in particular really favor one race over another, it's going to be the system that is going to be absolute force and control. And they're going to hide it in all their bills that they say is an emergency. This right here is an absolute abomination of all private property rights. If you own your business, it's private property. The government comes in and says, if you have five or more employees, you must 
give them a retirement plan, and you must contribute 10% of their pay to the, to the retirement plan. How do you think it works out for the employee when all this happens? Now, all of these benefits should be something that you and your employer negotiate. If you choose that, then you should do it. You should be a party to this conversation. But the idea that companies, especially small business, will now be forced into this, who does it enrich? It enriches the money bundlers. See, that's the, that's the part of the story they don't want you to talk about. So now companies who can barely afford it, who are hanging on by a thread, who have suffered through COVID, who in some instances have borrowed money, what do you think happens if they don't do this? Well, I know. They're going to pay $50 a day per employee. And what did they call it? They call it a tax. And this is in that reconciliation bill. What's hidden in this boondoggle, you're never going to find out for years after it's shoved down your throat. But one thing is for certain. It is going to attack all small employers. It will attack all people, regardless of race or party affiliation. Some will have a a leg up on it, like Amtrak, if they bribe the right politician. But the reality is what's in this bill is loads and loads of dictates and mandates, regulations, and strong-arm tactics that should not exist in an American economy, forced on the throat of the people who didn't vote for it, who don't support it. The idea that these very, very corrupt fascists who only exist from their corruption have exempted some companies that bribe them and now go after every small business that has five people to extort them. It is an outrage. And congratulations, all you American Democrats. You're going to turn everything into a ghetto like the ones that your politicians already rule over. All right, we're going to go right to this call because I... I think I know what the perspective is. Jake, Wisconsin. Hey. How are you? I want to give you compliments. I want to give you props because you're on to something. And I think you're on to something in a way that you have a moral responsibility to pound home and drive down on the facts of this. Fascism is a leftist ideology. Hitler, Mussolini, staunch leftists. They were statist leftists. Notice not communist, obviously. Communism owns the means of production. Yes. Fascism controls the means of production through government mandate. And Barack Obama was who brought this ideology into the American political mainstream. Notice how your kids are taught that the Nazis were were right wing. When the reality is they are the National Socialist Worker Party movement. I'm sorry, Jake, I got a reverb in my ear, but I I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. And that is why I specifically refer to the American Marxist, the American Democrat, as the Fourth Reich. It's every policy is not only steeped in force. They cannot have opposition to it just like the fascists throughout history. See, everything is the tree of communism. You have different nuances to it. I remember when I first started doing radio, I had this pseudo-intellectual moron from the North Shore somewhere call me up and say, you know, your argument is with Stalinism, not Trotskyites. Oh, oh, are they the good ones? Is Trotsky the good one? The only good thing about Trotsky is the way he died. He had his head hammered in with a ball-peen hammer. From a Stalinist. Good. Too bad there wasn't somebody that could have then hammered in the Stalinist's head. And then hammered in all their heads. Because that's what it looks like to live under tyranny. There's no nuances. It's all force. And there's a reason also that I had on 
our guest yesterday who talked about free speech. They have to attack your ability to rebuke them. They have to attack the, the speech in order to say, no, no, no. Tony Prockwinkle is obviously a racist. And she doesn't get to use racism in order to correct racism in a country steeped in law as my shield. It can never be their weapon. So this law is an unjust law. It is not only is it unjust, it should be ignored. She should be removed from office. But she did it in the right arena. This is the arena where the American communist thrives. Chicago, Illinois. Dave in Downers Grove. Yeah, Sean. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Every program they do just drives up the cost of everything. If you force businesses over five to start paying more money towards their employees' retirement, he's just going to pass it along to us. Uh, the $15 minimum wage, the cost just gets passed to us. Every program they do doesn't work. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned you know, the $15 and then, and then, minimum wage because the idea that they can, on one hand, demand your, your the, the, the way in which you pay your employee no matter what it is. That's my agreement with an employee, or as an employee, that's my agreement with my employer. You don't get to come up and jack up the cost for either one of us. You don't get to come up and tell him what he must pay me, what he must give me in a package. See, but what, what they want to do is have that unionization of the worker party. They are pretending to represent the workers, the People's Party of the Workers. This is why they're hiding behind the American Democrat Party, when the reality is they are the American Socialist Worker Party Army. They are the Fourth Reich. And as far as inflation, Dave, come on. They don't give a rip. You knew the tell was when he, he unilaterally creates an executive order that increases food stamps to $835 when the median uh, family of four spends $535. He then made it, you eat better on welfare, on food stamps, than you do if, you, if you're if you a working father and you provide for your wife and two kids. It's a, it's a diabolical plan. The problem is too many people are missing it, even when it's right in front of their eyes. Thanks for the call, Dave. You know, I appreciate it. Linda, Payless Heights. Hello. Hi. How are you, Sean? Wonderful. Splendid. I'm steaming mad right now. I'm a small business owner. I just dumped my 401k because not only don't I have the money to fund it anymore, I couldn't afford the goddamn fees Ooh. that these shysters are charging me every year. That's the part. See, it. and you know something, Linda, that's why only people that understand there's massive, massive fees to maintain this. So right. this is one of those cases where they bankrupt the the uh, bourgeoisie in the name of the proletariat, and they could care less what the bourgeoisie really lives in. They could care less that the owners of these businesses were the ones that make the world go around, stretching everything, sacrificing from our own table to give to workers. In most cases, small business owners have employees that make more than them. But these idiots right. in Washington don't know that. Joe Biden couldn't run anything, and he never has. He is a political whore who has gone out like his used car salesman father and swindled everybody his entire life. And now he's in charge, and he is determined to destroy the, 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 the blessing in property rights. Every policy he has takes away from your property, whether it's property over yourself, your own physical being, or property over something you created, your business, your livelihood, your right to your opinion. This is the Fourth Reich, and we need to stop calling them Democrats. They are not. They are the Fourth Reich. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, Grandma Ritzy. Oh, this is Grandma Marilyn Ritzy from Valpo. My husband came up from the basement to listen. Oh, wonderful. And, Tell him I said anyway, hi. 
<laughs> Make sure. Now, listen, if he falls down the stairs, we're going to all be called to testify. So help him down. I don't want to have any problems. Okay. Well, the thing is, I have a chairlift, so I hope he doesn't push it. He wants it to go faster than it does. Yeah. But I wanted to tell you, about 25 years ago, I took my grandson up to Chicago on the train. Yeah. And I wanted him to experience it. Yeah. And it took us all day to get there. And I asked him when we were through, I said, how'd you like it? He said, I never want to get on the train again. Good, Grandma Ritzy. That's how you do it. You make a destination in Chicago and it's over with. I'll be back after this. Good call. I'll tell you that Mary DeBadges, she should be in comedy. Multiple shootings. Traffic is a mess. It's like doing traffic in Cabal. And they're hanging some pagans. Traffic is all jammed up. Are you kidding me? Welcome to Illinois. I hope those businesses in Texas that were solicited by our necklace governor and the handsome Lori Lightfoot are listening to the traffic. Don't put your uh, place in a Democrat sewer. Traffic's going to be a mess. There's shootings all over. It's great. Greg Bishop, the Center Square, reports on government and other issues from the Center Square. Now, listen, Greg has been doing this for years. He's award-winning broadcast experience, and he hosts WMAY Morning Newsfeed out of Springfield. Now, I have a question for you, Greg. Is your traffic ever a problem because of uh, Democrat homicides? You know, I got to say, uh, on on hold, uh, hearing a traffic report lead with uh, a couple of different shootings was, um, that was something else. Uh, we, we don't necessarily have that in Springfield. Uh, we have the occasional rush hour traffic after all the state workers are leaving. Yeah. Uh, work at 430. Yeah, but, but they're drunk and happy. Minutes. They got strippers in the car. They're not speeding. Come on. We know how that traffic goes in Springfield. I was thinking about naming a bar there years ago. I was going to name it Vices. And I was going to have all kinds of dances for all kinds of freaks. I think I would have done very well. And little private booths where they could cut their deal with the lobbyists. I really think I missed an opportunity. Do you? There are um, very few locations like that, I will say. Um, there's uh, a lot of other uh, different types of venues uh, that people can uh, have a dinner and uh, you know make uh, make decisions about various things uh but one thing springfield is definitely known for is what lincoln did back in the day and that was log rolling uh essentially that's you know you scratch my back i scratch your back yeah pritzker thinks that's how many pancakes he could shove in his mouth he calls that log rolling um but listen i want to talk about some of the articles because i really like the center square this really appreciate that this redistricting this is a, a real joke isn't it i mean you gotta love it and um i love the fact that the so-called GOP, which I can't figure out what the hell they do, is uh, calling f- or screaming foul. What should we expect? So as of right now, there are two different sets of maps. One is the legislative redistricting maps that uh, Democrats passed back in May that was based on estimated data. Uh, then when the census released final data in August, they came back to Springfield to pass revised maps. Republicans didn't vote on any of these maps. And you had civil rights groups for uh, the Latino community and even the African-American community uh, criticizing the maps that the Democrats passed, saying that uh, they did not take these groups input uh, and they rushed those maps through. So that's the legislative maps. Those are being challenged in federal court right now in a courtroom in the northern district of Illinois. Uh, And October 7th will be an interesting day when arguments are made about the constitutionality of the maps. Uh, you have, uh, again, uh, minority groups saying that the maps uh, make a mockery of the Voting Rights Act. 
Uh, these are maps that uh, Governor Pritzker signed and that Democrats passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, other groups saying that uh, Democrats were uh, greedy and uh, just are after as much power as they can get. And again, these are uh, groups like the uh, uh, Illinois African Americans for Equitable Redistricting and the Mexican American Legal Defense and Educational Fund. They oppose these maps that the Democrats passed along party lines. Uh, so that's the legislative maps determining who you get to vote for uh, for state house seats in the Illinois Senate and the Illinois House. Now, coming up, we've got the congressional maps. Democrats have yet to craft those. Uh, so the the congressional maps for the U.S. Congress, uh, why this is important is we're losing a seat because of continued population decline. We have 18 U.S. House districts in Illinois right now. That's going to be cut down to 17 because, again, we keep losing population in Illinois. And, so, and, uh, and re- that's, a, that's a result of them actually reissuing the census because the original one had us losing two seats. So this is the version of them cooking the books. And um, is there any there, doubt? There's a, big discrepancy. there's a big discrepancy in the nine years' worth of estimates that uh, the census put out uh, to what the final 10-year count was. And it, it's a pretty large uh, difference. So you're talking the actual numbers they put out in August for the 10-year. It was only like 18,000 people, uh, you know, fewer in Illinois than 10 years ago. But if you look at the the, uh, the reporting and the numbers that they put out every year estimating, it was approaching 180, if not more, thousand people uh, they estimated leaving the state uh, so there, there's a discrepancy uh, there that i don't think we've quite yet gotten to the yeah. bottom of like o'leary's cow kicked the lantern over and the whole state's on fire but you wrote another article that i think explains it and it was done by you taxpayer burden in illinois nearly doubles in those very same years is that right yeah yeah at, at the center square.com uh we've been uh following a lot of the work that truth and accounting has done and this is a uh a, a a, a group that, that reviews government spending, and uh, they like to essentially say that you know they they rate states in a way that taxpayers should be interested in versus what like the bond rating agencies do. You know, bond rating agencies will look at Illinois bonds and be like, oh, that's triple A minus B, whatever it is. Yeah. But what Truth and Accounting does is they actually give grades. And they've been giving grades to states uh, for the past 12 years, looking at every state in the nation, looking at their audited financials, the bottom line, how much they're taking in in taxpayer dollars, and how much they're promising to spend in taxpayer dollars. And each year they come up with a taxpayer burden. No surprise, Illinois gets an F. has gotten an F for several years. Now, our taxpayer burden, which is essentially what every taxpayer in the state of Illinois would have to pay if all bills came due right now. It's at $57,000 per taxpayer. I'm not sure what people would want to do with that type of money, but that's, that's not chump change. And the kicker is that's almost double what it was when Truth and Accounting started doing these annual reports for Illinois in particular. We've nearly doubled from 30000 to about $57,000 per taxpayer, and that's how much debt in, in public sector pensions the state has and other uh, bond issuance that the state has that taxpayers are ultimately footing the bill for. So if you're in Illinois, you owe $57,000 in taxes to these political whores, and you owe $300,000 to the political whores in Washington. So for each and every citizen in Illinois, they're buried by $350,000 in tax liability that not a one of them signed up for. 
It's uh, pretty staggering to see, uh, but one thing that's interesting in this um, uh, constitutional republic with uh, 50 mini democracies and a laboratory, you can just bounce over to Iowa and they actually have a surplus. A surplus? What's that feel like? If if their bills came due uh, right now, every taxpayer would actually be able to get a $2,000 check from the state of Iowa. Uh, so you can see how this is like, just in the Midwest even. Okay, even a CPS even are. a CPS student could figure this out. If I stay on this side of the line, I owe fifty seven grand. If I go on that side, they give me a Rolex. Right? I mean that's pretty much it. Well not one of those Eddie Burke gold Rolexes, but like a used one for two thousand. What do you say? I mean it's preposterous. It's preposterous. And the idea that they have squandered away $183 billion in emergency welfare money that they got. And that the, uh, the the mayor of Chicago, dressed like the mentalist, the detective, has put in $2 billion of that into her next year's budget. And Tony Preckwinkle just uh, administered rules of racism that must be adhered to by all Cook County employees. Uh, one can only come to the conclusion of get out of town, just don't take an Amtrak. Is that fair? When 18,000 people um, have left the state in the past 10 years, uh, you got to ask the question, what's causing them to leave? And um, a lot of that could be public policy implemented uh, that's causing taxes to go up. That's not paying down bills. And people see the numbers like Truth in Accounting reported uh, through the centersquare.com. And you could see where um, comparing even Iowa to Illinois, let alone uh, yeah. other states that are better managed uh, with more economic opportunity. Uh, People are probably going to chase those jobs. Well, Greg, I pay attention to the center square. I recommend everybody else do. I love your writing there, but I do want to have one little uh, cigar bet with you. You said 18,000. I want to put a zero on that. Let's get the real numbers by the next interview. What do you say? You got it. We got a bet. I'll see what I could dredge up. Right. Uh, we'll Very have good. to contact the census and uh, talk yeah. to some demographers, but for sure, yeah, we'll see what, what why that disparity is there. Greg Bishop, the center square. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it in time. I'll be back after this. Wake me up before you go, go. Leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me Everybody, you know, I got like a text message from my friend. Why aren't you talking about the hearings? I mean, you mean Dr. Strangelove hearings? Do you need reassurance that the military-industrial complex not only practices cover your own derriere, or uh, the fact of the matter is that Joe Biden didn't listen to anybody and had it was going to pull out of Afghanistan. I mean, I, I, how much do you want to go over the same thing? Obviously, he's an idiot. He's been making these mistakes for 40 years. I don't need validation by a bunch of guys who are financed by Halliburton and Boeing. By the way, no, no kidding. That stock's up. Where do you see what it's like when we have to go back in there? Do it all over again. We can discuss this and more at Freedom Summit 2021. Coming back to Chicagoland. It's presented by Matrix Home Solution. By the way. These are really good guys. I really like these guys. I just don't want to see them at my house because I know that I'm going to have to stroke a big check. And it's happening on Saturday, November 6th. It won't be that big, though. They give, they're very fair priced. At the Westin Chicago Northwest in Itasca. This year's featured speakers include Ted Cruz, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, Dinesh D'Souza. The day has book signings, breakout sessions, and much more. You can meet me along with Dan and Amy. I wonder if, if Proft is going to be dressed like a six foot one Lori Lightfoot. Something tells me he is. But tickets are gone. But you can, however, get on a list. 
That's right. We've got an overflow room and a list. You never know who's not going to show up or be swept up by the government and put in camps, re-education camps like Tony Preckwinkle wants to do. FreedomSummitChicago.com. Get on the list today. That's FreedomSummitChicago.com. And hopefully, hopefully, you join us November 6th where we can at least be amongst ourselves without the morons telling us how we must practice fascism, support idiocy in the name of what I don't know. Because the reality is everywhere they touch is a sewer. Every single place they touch is a sewer. Every single place they touch is rooted in failure and lies. They have to lie. Lie constantly about how things, it's going to cost zero. Well, then why do you constantly need to screw us with that? Not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. You inside trading ex go-go dancer scumbag liar. Although your husband, I hear he does very well in the stock market and other Chinese investments. Lie right to your face. And the Democrat voter says, okay, I'm in. That's what happens when they're educated by teacher union teachers who are promoting this kind of communism. All right, I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This isn't shocking. Government is made up of self-serving political whores who love to misuse the power of government to enrich themselves and those people who pay them. So as all these altruistic programs get started, you can rest assured, it will be void of competition and it will be loaded, loaded with favoritism and corruption to those political donors. So when Obamacare was passed and you saw that Insurance competitors were really eliminated, and the only insurance companies that stayed in business were those ones that had given massive amounts of money to politicians. It really shouldn't have been a surprise. It should have been one of the reasons you rejected the concept and didn't buy the BS. Paul Siegert, PCS Advisors, really is a kind of a, a, a breakout form to the benefit of having free market ideals and still some a semblance of capitalism we can go to. Paul, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Great. How are you today? Well, when I saw that the Democrats had a new health care plan, I said, well, for sure, this is going to really benefit those companies that paid the politicians, but not too much the people. Was I wrong? Uh, no, you're right. When we look at how the Affordable Care Act has worked out for insurers, they and large hospital systems are the only clear winners. They fought it tooth and nail when it was being proposed, and then when it's been most recently challenged before the Supreme Court, when you uh, looked behind the curtain and saw who was submitting briefs in support of the Affordable Care Act, it was the large insurers, the five that are left in this oligopoly that we now have that runs health care. Are you surprised that the American people, you know, it's been 11 years, and not only have they unsuccessfully tried to 
remove the yoke of tyranny of government health care. It looks like we're going to really double and triple down on it. And um, is there any bright spot? Do people have any any cause for optimism? Well, I, I would say so. Yes, uh, we're seeing employers fixing it every day. They're the only stakeholders. I say all the time, they're the only stakeholders who have a reason to fix it. They have to turn a profit. They can't simply borrow or print money to pay for something that is overpriced and, in, and declining in value every year. They have to make those numbers work, and they're not all high-profit industries like the Facebooks of the world. You look at there are some very large corporations who have a per-employee, per-year profit that could easily get wiped out by the cost of health care alone. Uh, big names like Walmart that maybe only have 12000 or 15000 per-employee, per-year profit. And the average cost for health care now per-employee is more than 15000 So if they don't manage it, it could literally make the difference between being profitable and not being profitable. So the Democrats have a new health care plan where they're going to Obamacare has failed so miserably and is so ineffective that government only has one idea and let's expand it and let's fund it more. And I don't know anything about it, but I'm guessing that's what it is. Could you fill me in on exactly what it is? Yeah, what they're trying to do, they're frustrated that there are still some states that have held out against the Medicaid expansion that was part of the ACA. And those states did so because not all of the costs of that expansion were covered by the federal government. They, they did cover the lion's share, uh, but it left them in a position where states who did the expansion are oftentimes, it's the largest line item they face is the cost of Medicaid in their state. So it may sound like, hey, they're only shouldering, shouldering a small percentage, but in terms of real dollars, it crowds out other priorities like education and other very important, uh, very important things. So they're frustrated that you have these 12 holdout states. What they're trying to do is go around the states, give money to the insurers to subsidize the ability for those. It's, it's largely childless adults mm-hmm. who... Uh, without work requirements, that kind of thing, or that they want to extend this coverage to. And they're looking to give subsidies to the insurers to do it. And, of course, uh, the insurers are understandably excited. You know, there was a a 60 Minutes a few years ago that did an expose on how Medicare and Medicaid are victims of billions upon billions in dollars of fraud. For the most part, the way that I view it, is that they are absolute and total failures. I do not see them as a benefit to society. Yet, we hear 50% of our society demand that there be Medicare or Medicaid for all. Right. Why do they think it's a winner? Can, can you explain this to me? Well, I think that we have to be honest in this conversation and, and realize that lobbyists are very powerful. When will healthcare get fixed in this country from the top down? That'll be the day that lobbying is not very effective anymore, which will never happen. And you look at the hospital rule, transparency rule that kicked in January 1st of this year as an example of that. You have a great, a big press event. We're going to bring transparency. Someday you'll be able to consume healthcare like you do just about everything else mm-hmm. in a competitive way on cost and quality. Or at least that's the goal that at some point we could get there. And then you fast forward 10 months into the process 
And, and it actually, it was part of the original ICA. They fought it in the courts for 11 years. Uh, one of the few good parts. So we fast forward to today, only six and a half, this is I think a week old from the Wall Street Journal, a six and a half percent of hospitals are actually complying because as often happens in the implementation of the rule, lobbyists get involved. The maximum fine they face for non-compliance is 300 bucks a day and they have multi-billion dollar balance sheets in many cases. It's not even a rounding error. It's budget dust to these folks. So it's just a non-issue in its implementation. This is all very disheartening because I was hoping, you know, I was hoping that through time people would demand that we go back to a system that really benefited those people who who partook in it. Um, We now have been forcing people to go under this this new fix, which is really a failure. And um, aside from people who are doing concierge. Many businesses, I know this because it was, it was actually a factor with me. I was paying $2,200 a month, and it was more than my first mortgage was. It was destroying right. so much of my, the quality of my life and, and really controlling some business decisions I made. Is the concierge aspect of healthcare taking off the way I wanted it to, or is that being crushed under regulation and, and penalty of uh, freedom? It's really not taking off the way that it could uh, because it's a threat. It's a real threat. What you have is large hospital systems and large provider groups buying up small players and buying up pr- uh, primary care doctors primarily. It's virtually impossible if you're not going to do the concierge model. It's virtually impossible or very difficult at the least to be to run a profitable business as a primary care doctor anymore. So then they, re- they end up selling to the big hospital system in their area, and then they get turned into salespeople for them because then they have rules. They have to refer these people off to the specialties. So they're a doorway then to getting these patients as quickly as possible to specialties where real dollars get made, where real billing happens. Uh, and so it's not primary care like we knew it when it started. It's not your small town physician or your local doctor who's helping you stay healthy and guiding you through your life and, and teaching you about how to live healthy and spending time with you. This person is now governed by their compensation model to crank through as many people as possible and kick them over to the specialties. So that's, that's really the evolution that we've seen, unfortunately. They passed a law that we had to pass to find out what's in it. I read a few months ago that there are still some aspects of the original Obamacare that, that medical professionals and hospitals and insurers are still learning of. Do they still know what's in the first one uh, before they pass the second one? Are they still learning of the mechanisms that were hidden in the multi-thousand-page bill? Well, the thing is, it's so complex it really gets sorted out when it's enacted by uh, people in the government who are not elected and and did not write the law and so on. So you have health and human services in these parts of the government that then interpret the law and create the day-to-day rules. And there's a lot of room for their interpretation. And that's how we see this thing evolve over time and get us to a place where if we take, take a step back, I was asked today, what's the report card for how we've done in the last 11 years with the Affordable Care Act? And the answer is, 
deductibles are up 87%, premiums are up more than that, and we've got we have $141 billion in medical debt being held by insured Americans. That's our report card. So clearly we can do a lot better than that. When you see that infrastructure, the infrastructure bill, reconciliation, what it's really going to do is expand this idea of human infrastructure. And what they're really talking about is backdoor nationalization of all kinds of healthcare and doctors in the future. Are you optimistic 10 years, 11 years, 15, 30 years from now in healthcare in America? I am. Uh, and I'm seeing reason to be optimistic on a daily basis because employers are fixing it and it's moving down market. It's very difficult to find an employer today that has 5,000 plus employees. It's almost impossible to find an employer that fits that category that's buying their healthcare retail anymore. They're most likely working with a consultant who is working with them to manage the actual cost of health care inside their health insurance, inside their health plan. And by doing so, they're getting better results. And that is moving down market now where even employers with hundreds of employees, you flip a coin, that you've got a 50-50 chance basically of, that that employer is still buying retail or could be in a more custom arrangement where they're working with a consultant who's aggressively helping them lower the cost of health care. One big obstacle to that is the fact that as we continue to expand government coverage, and kind of part of the untold story is that these government plans do not compensate providers and hospitals nearly as much as employer-sponsored plans. And so then it creates this system where the employer-sponsored plans have to be overcharged to compensate for the underpayment that's getting received from the government plan. And that's an untold story that doesn't get talked about much. But you have uh, you, you have an inequity there that's shifting costs to employers, and it's driving up their costs wildly. And we have to resolve that. Uh, it's not enough to just expand coverage and dictate that you're going to pay a hospital less than they require or need to actually keep that person in that bed, knowing that you can make up the difference on the employer, uh, the person has an employer plan, plan in the next room. We need, to, we need to have those plans paying a, a reasonable reimbursement to these providers. And PCS advisors can help employers navigate these costs? You have some Absolutely. Concepts? That's what we do on so, a daily basis. Paul Siegert, PCS Advisors. And what's the Is it PCSAdvisors.com, Paul? It is. E-R-S, not O-R-S. Uh, yep, PCSAdvisors.com. We're easy to find there. And we're working hard to be a, a positive voice for change in the way that we all pay for health care because it has gotten really far off track. Paul, um, I feel better that you're out there, and I wish you the best for all of our sakes. Thank you so much for doing what you do. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Have we'll, a great day. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. <laughs> Among many of the parts of the $3.5 trillion bill, Democrats are moving through Congress, federal Medicare program to cover many childless adults. You'll be getting time off. There will be, I mean, this is just, it's an onslaught, an onslaught of communism. This is not socialism. It is absolute and total communism. And the idiot 
that they put in, in charge of these bureaucracies, mainly because of their genitalia or their race. Jennifer Granholm, inside trader from Michigan, this is the one who owned all the energy companies, and through her appointment made sure that there will be a massive, massive public funding of energy companies. How many um, other companies do you think Jennifer Granholm, Nancy Pelosi, and the rest of these inside trading females, which is, you know, which is wonderful, right? I mean, I like to see that the criminals, the white-collar criminals, aren't just all men. Making housing more affordable. Why isn't that a piece of the infrastructure of our lives? Making elder care more affordable. Why isn't that a piece of the infrastructure of our lives? Making uh, two years community college uh, uh, tuition-free so that we can make sure that we have the workforce that we need to compete in the 21st century. That's an important piece of, of infrastructure broadly defined. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, honey. And if it wasn't because of your genitalia, you'd be asking me if I want insurance on that rent-a-car. The only reason you are where you are is because we live in a society that appoints people to very powerful positions because of who they know. It's just like Chicago. You Chicago-tized the entire country. And uh, your particular race, although she's a white woman. How did she get in this spot? I don't like that. I don't like any of that. especially don't like the fact that she's an idiot. And I don't like the fact that she doesn't understand there's a there's a difference between the world, the citizens, life and the government. You don't get to do this stuff. None of this. You don't get to do any of it. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Now, there's a woman that's right. It's not how any of this works. Megan Orland Park. What do you think about the Grand Home stock holdings? Well, I don't really know much about that, but I did want to call about Medicare yes. and two situations where um, I have a brother-in-law who's an oncologist, a retired oncologist. Uh-huh. He had to retire because he couldn't afford to take these uh, Medicare patients that were coming his way. He didn't really get any money at all. And then I see a podiatrist who told me a story about a guy who had gangrene, and the only way to pretty much save him was to amputate his leg or his foot. And he got paid a hundred dollars from Medicare. Um, meanwhile, it was like a thousand dollar, you know, thousands of dollars to do the operation. And he's thinking as he's doing the operation, I could get food <laughs> by this guy, and mm-hmm. I'm doing this for you know pennies on the dollar. So I just want to. And Megan, that explains that explains what you what you just said. It explains why. And this is one year, one year after Obamacare was shoved down the throats of the American people. 42% less doctors. They estimate that as of right now, we have, it's hard to quantify because so many people change their profession in school after this was passed because they realized you were going to be under this system where you were pretty much going to be a government employee, even though you called yourself and you went through medical school and took on all the debt. It simply isn't worth it. This kind of medicine, this kind of Cuba fascistic communist medicine does not incentivize people to go into medicine. It's, it's a disgrace, and they could care less. They could care less. The hospitals that close, the people like you're talking about, they don't care because what they understand is their constituents are morons, and they'll vote for them no matter how big the failure. Thank you, Megan, for the call. I appreciate it. David and Racine. Greetings and salutation. Thank well, you. as long as they're asking for all sorts of things to be part of human infrastructure, how about access to, say, uh, female companionship? Say, oh. you're run by the government. Call it sex corps, and, you know... You know, community service, servicing the community. All right, now here's a, here's a little idea. I get where you're going with it. I like it. 
But um, are you taking a look at some of these people in charge? Do you want them stacking up your dates for you, David? Now, I don't know if you're a handsome, strapping young man or if you look like Tony Preckwinkle. However, I am going to guess. Tom Hanks and uh, Castaway, but. uh, All right, very good. Is this the skinny Tom Hanks or the fat one before he got stranded? Uh, the skinny uh, oh, Tom Hanks. All right. So a skinny Tom Hanks, do you really want Tony Prockwinkle eyeing up your girlfriend for Saturday? I don't think you uh, do. Not exactly. I know. Every time, I mean, the government could screw up sex, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that goes without saying. David, thank you very much. The good news is you're going to be covered for their health care when you catch something from one of their government dates. I think I like where this is going. It's like a minority report. Part two. But there are um, there are some problems with it all. There are problems. The problems are no matter how bad it fails, the perpetrators of these crimes become more and more powerful. What is your message to the American public about boosters? When you look at the data, it does look like there's waning immunity, certainly against infection and mild to moderate disease. Now, that's government jerk speech for it doesn't work. It's not working. Breakout, breakthrough, the whole nine yards doesn't work. That's why they're all afraid of the unvaccinated, because if it was vaccinated, if it was a vaccine, you wouldn't give a rip who was not vaccinated. You couldn't catch it because you were vaccinated. But apparently we lost the definition of vaccinated, just like we lost the definition of America, definition of freedom and liberty and capitalism and business. And we need to put these jerks, these incompetent fraud failures, liars to your face, back in their place. So let's put the toothpaste back in the tube. And show these people that we are America. They're not the boss of me. They're not the boss of you. They're nothing. They're political representatives and nothing more. It's time to remind them. So get your lawyer on the phone and remind them that this whole damn administration is unconstitutional. And remove them tomorrow. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. You know, this is rich. This is why I shouldn't look at the damn internet between segments. Because I got to talk about it. I'm sorry, it's preposterous. YouTube has a, a CEO. Um... She says free speech is a core value. She removed Alexei Navalny, who is a critic of Putin. She removed all content, all criticism of Vladimir Putin. Also, also, YouTube has a new policy that if you talk anti-vaccine, that's it. You're done. You're done. And it reminds me of why they are the fourth rank. They could not afford resistance to their abuses, to their dictate, to their control of every aspect of life. They cannot have the argument. And it's the same thing with the eco-Nazis. They don't want to talk about the fire that was set. In fact, CNN report has on, uh, due to the fires in California, there are now woodpeckers and other uh, uh, animals that are now endangered species or entirely on the verge of extinction. And they're blaming climate change. They don't want to talk about Alexandria Servanev, the 30-year-old who set the fire, this recent fire. They don't want to talk about Gary Maynard, the sociology professor, who set the fires for three years. They just want to shove their agenda and their fascism 
down your throat to where you cannot even resist it. Now, this is YouTube. I have been on YouTube, a fan of YouTube, since I started looking at the Internet. Before Google bought it in its monopoly move to overtake every aspect. By the way, there's a reason that all the uh, Biden appointees worked in Google, worked in the Internet. It is the definition of the propaganda wing of our country now. And they're just going to take it down. And yes, I'm a free market guy, brother. Believe me. Nobody touts the free market more than me. And there should be an avenue. And there are, I'm sure there are competitors. However, this is outrageous. They have the power to, to literally give you, so you have no resistance to this. So we are standing at the, at, the, at, the, at the threshold of this massive, massive bill that is rooted in corruption and, 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 and force that is going to destroy the trajectory of the future. And everybody knows it. Even those people that pretend to be Biden supporters, even those never Trumper scum, even those pedophile Lincoln Republicans. So every once in a while, CNN will release a, uh, a news clip that I think is, is funny. Funny because of the, the, the faux surprise. Oh my, you're not going to believe it. Consumer confidence and um, Biden approval rating is in the toilet. You mentioned polling. This is a gauge I've used for years uh, to look at public opinion uh, out there. It's not polling. It's the Michigan University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey in April. It was 88.3. Americans were fairly pretty good about the direction. Early in the Biden administration, they thought COVID was getting better. They thought the economy was getting better. You look at- well, they're idiots. But here's the other thing I want you to remember. When CNN does a poll and when they, they quote a poll, they're grabbing a very, very small segment. This, our whole notion of polling is beyond corrupted. It's a manipulative tool. So when they're trying to manipulate you through different polling, they want you to think 83% of people supported Biden in April. Eight, uh, 83%. It's like Iraq with Saddam Hussein. He won again. It's, it's preposterous. But it is so low that even CNN cannot cook the books. Look at this number now. 70.3 from April to August. That's A, that's a big drop. Uh, number two, uh, that number, if it's below, if it's below 80, the, Demo- the incumbent party needs to worry. If it gets below 70, it was 68 in 2010. The Democratic first midterm of the Obama presidency, they lost 63 seats. So if you're the Democrats, you're looking at these numbers. This is not just your policy future. This is your political future. I don't even know how they have a political future. Every principle they have is not just a ripoff of the 1936 Soviet Constitution. It is. They're open and notorious in their in their collectivism, in their fascism, in their societal manipulation. And they have a bunch of self-aggrandizing, self-enriching political whores practicing it. Whether it's Granholm, whether it's Pelosi, whether it's the joke of all jokes, the flaccid fascist himself, diapers Biden, right in front of you. And this is somehow a surprise to anybody that even, even the Democrats who are strapped by his failure are failing. To me, it's just the obvious. So when, without the help of these YouTube of Google, of Facebook, without the help of it. The American people would reject anybody with a D after they, as they should. They would put two and two together and realize that not only every major city, every minor city that a Democrat rules over is steeped in corruption, failure, abuse of authority, cover-ups and scandals, 
that the American Democrat Party itself is founded in these principles of open and notorious lying, cheating, and stealing. And the idea that you would turn over the reins of power to anybody who would admit they are a member of the Fourth Reich is the only way we can stop it. So we're going to have to create our own. We're going to have to support our own in every single instance. So my original reaction to the YouTube uh, contradiction of this imbecile that they hired because she's oh, you know, of her own genitalia and her own philosophy of fascism, and she's able to conceal it to a certain extent. But this idea now that they come out and say it's, it's a founding principle of YouTube is freedom of speech, unless you disagree with us. That's enough now. So I am here to announce I will no longer be going on YouTube. I don't go on Facebook, and I, I, I apologize to my old friends who try to contact me, but I won't go. And that's because of the, the, uh, the policy of AM560 that I'm live streaming. I was just reminded I'm live streaming. It's irrelevant, though. I'm talking about my personal. I can control my personal. I can't control company policy, and I wouldn't want to mess with that. That's a company's policy. My policy, my practice. That's how you do it. You, 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 you yourself exercise those principles you stand for in each and every instance. I have, in every case I can, financially seceded from the American mafia, the Fourth Reich. I denounce and withdraw my consent to be governed by these frauds. Cook County, when I saw this thing with Tony Pronkwinkle that I opened the show with, simple. Everything that I have an interest in, I'm out of. Either my partners can buy me out or I'll simply sell it. I will not support them. This is the only action we can take, our own responsibility. So I don't... Uh, I know I'm streaming that until AM560 takes my answer. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. They could run my image. After all, I look good on YouTube, and you can find me on YouTube right now <laughs> for the ultimate irony. Tom Sherville. Yeah, Sean. Uh, Saul Alinsky in the past used to use left-wing politics and then combine it with gangsterism. And the Marxists of that era would mostly use class as their weapon. Today, they still use that, but they mostly use race and genitalia because for some reason in 2021 race seems to work more effectively to their to their ends rather than class does that doesn't work anymore so they have to turn to race and they have to use genitalia and then there's... you know tom i always had more faith in the american i really did i bought that whole tagline that the american citizen was more proud of being an american more proud of being um steeped in having a, coming from a country steeped in liberty and unalienable rights. Uh, I never thought we'd go to the European route. And all I see are American citizens demand to be European socialist slaves. So when I see the story in Sydney of the unvaccinated warned by their government of social isolation, when I see that the lockdowns that are happening and the, the, the murder, murder by government officials of, of Australians that are resisting us, I think it's time we speak out again. But, but, but then here, in the same breath, YouTube will take down all of the videos because they are now classified and characterized and labeled uh, anti-vaxxers. So now they are, that is the class you can hate now. People who refuse to put this in their arm like me. Now I'm the bad guy. But yet, I don't say you should force people to not take it. I say choice. 
Freedom of choice, freedom of your person is, is, is an American staple, is your American right. I am now categor- I, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting hate speech, according to you two. The fact that I say Americans are free over their own person is now hate speech in America in a company that is worth billions of dollars practicing those principles, taking advantage of capitalism, that they could only exist in America. Yet they adopt the Chinese Communist Party stronghold line where you cannot rebuke them. You cannot speak against the government, the state. So they're part of the fascist scum that I loathe. And I'm done watching them on YouTube, which is really going to make me bored on the way home because I like to watch them when I drive home. No shame, baby. No shame. Terry McAuliffe on CNN. This piece of garbage who probably will win the governorship of Virginia should be in prison. It was only three years ago. Terry McAuliffe, along with the Duchess of Chaffington's brother. That would be Hillary Clinton for you slow up there. This is Rodham, and he looks just like her, although his derriere is half the size. However, him and uh, Governor Terry McAuliffe were sued while Terry was still the governor of Virginia in a $17 million fraud lawsuit, mainly from Chinese investors, at the Green Tech Automotive. What was Green Tech Automotive? It was a swindle, a green energy boondoggle. The eco-Nazis came up with an office and said they were going to build cars. Ooh, build cars. What do they cost? Don't worry, it's going to be great. Just give me your money. And by the way, if you were a Chinese investor, you had a fast track to a, a uh, citizenship paper that you uh, were going to invest $500,000 in an American company, and they fast track you. Only the politically connected get to do that, of which is, that's exactly what Hillary Clinton's useless, drunken, stumble-bum brother was. So for $560,000 a piece, they were investors and they got a little fast track to citizenship. Turns out that this was put before a Democrat scumbag judge who said, no, they agreed to the terms and throughout the case. Kind of like we hear what would happen in Cook County if you went before one of these Democrat judges. And right now he's on the news because he's going to be the next governor, governor again, and they're labeling his opponent a Trump wannabe. These Democrat voting morons, you can't get scroogeyed enough. You can't get it. You love it because you just want in on these scams because you're not offended by this scam. You know what you're thinking? How do I get me some of that $17 million? That's all you care about. Mike, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Sean, hi. How you doing? Um, I got a theory about Joe Biden and his reckless, idiotic, catastrophic spending. I think he's out to deliberately ruin America's economy. I mean, past the brink of a reparation or make it repairable, fixable, so he can stand up and finally say, I have the solution, a reset. And at that point on, there's no more rich, no more poor. Everybody is dirt poor and has to ask him and his cronies for breadcrumbs. I, uh, I'm not saying I, uh, I disagree. I'm saying that um, I think it's more diabolical what the American Democrat has learned. No matter how much you abuse the American voter, they'll keep voting for you. We call it Chicago, Illinois. I'll be back 21 hours. We've got good news tomorrow.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.